a little over 40 days ago, we began Ash Wednesday in this church. And our Holy Father, Pope Francis, did the same thing in the church, uh, Santa Sabina in Rome. I'm sure some of you have been to that very church. And one of the things that's so unique about the church of Santa Sabina in Rome is it's one of the oldest churches that was built over a house church of the early Christian believers. Santa Sabina is not a saint kind of in the traditional way that we think of a saint, but one who owned that house, that foundation of which that church after her patronage is built over the top of. But one of the unique things about that church is some say the oldest, if not one of the oldest depictions of the cross of crucifixion is on one of the doors of that church. There's a beautifully carved door out of cypress wood. And this is from the early 5th century, so the early 400s, one of the very first depictions we ever see of the cross of Christ with the two thieves on his right and on his left, up high upon that door. The last time that I got to be there myself, uh, some of my friends and I went around the corner just to look up at that panel to see one of those early depictions of the cross. Today, as we read our Lord's Passion, we remember the cross that's now kind of hidden from our sight, a cross that we'll venerate today. And a lot of people wonder why we still have the crucified Christ, his body, his corpus, on the cross. The reason that we do that is we don't hide the evidence or the cost of our salvation. We celebrate the cost and the evidence of our salvation, Christ's sacrifice. I think I've told you guys this story before, but my parents are here tonight, and so they'll remember what I'm talking about quite well. But when I was a little boy in Brooklyn at St. Brendan's Catholic Church, there was this huge, huge crucifix. Of course, it's probably bigger than I can remember because I was only like four, <laughs> you know, three or four, but it was like a life-size size crucifix. It was actually up in a hallway up where we used to take my sister to school. And I was quite terrified of it when I was a little kid. It was a very scary <laughs> you know, vision for me. But I did believe I believe what I learned at the church and at Mass, what my parents taught me, that that was God up there on the cross. I didn't have an understanding of it yet, but I believed what was being taught, what was handed on to me as a gift of faith. And so I sort of cowered below it. And who wouldn't? What young kid wouldn't cower below something that seemed so gruesome and so scary at that moment? Many, many years later in the seminary, as I was reflecting more on the cross after retreats and after prayer and after reading the Gospels over and over again, I'd realized that the very thing that I was so afraid of at that time became one of the most important things in my life to embrace. It's not a difficult thing, or it is a difficult thing for us to understand that. But Catholics, more than anybody else in the world, understand this idea of sacrifice and suffering because of the model that is always before our face, the model of the suffering Christ. In Jesus, again, just like we celebrated yesterday on Holy Thursday, he gives us, he commands us the most important things that we are to do, to celebrate 
the Eucharist, to serve each other and to serve the poor and to go out and to give his gospel to the ends of the world. But one of the things that we realize from what he models in his passion is that we always start with a rightly ordered desire of our heart. What is that? That's prayer. That's asking the Lord for a desire that we have in our heart that's rightly ordered towards him in the first place. So we make that desire known to him in our prayers, in our words, lift it up to Christ. And then what do we always have to do after that, though? We let go. Not my will be done, but your will be done, Christ. So we make that desire of our, our heart known to him. But always, always with that qualification of letting go of our own human will and asking that his will reign in our life and be done in our life. And then what happens next? What's the suffering? As I look out at many of you, and I know some of you closely, what's the suffering? We take that suffering. We get it into our heart and our mind, and then we lift it up, and we unite it with Christ's suffering on the cross. So first we pray. We pray, and we give our desire to Christ. But we let go of our will, we accept his will. Then we lift up the suffering, and we unite it to Christ's suffering. And then finally, what do we do next? Then we pick it up. We carry our cross. It's not an easy thing to do. In the seminary, one of the things that I noticed is that of course, we were all inspired by heroic examples of the saints in so many different ways. But one of the things I noticed in the seminary that we had a tendency to do, and God knows I still have a tendency to do it, and I'm sure all of you do too, is you're like, Lord, I think I'll take that cross. You know, we try to choose our own cross. So it wasn't uncommon to see somebody in the seminary say like, you know what, I'm going to sleep on the floor. You know, I'm going to pick that cross when maybe there was a far bigger cross that they were trying to avoid. Not that you couldn't do some of these heroic sacrifices and things like that. But often, we'd like to choose our cross instead of taking the one that we've been given. I one time heard Michael J. Fox, who suffers from Parkinson's disease, describe this. It's kind of an old story of everybody gathers around all these people who are suffering, and everybody puts their suffering in the center of the circle of people. And they said, okay, now go back into the center and pick out your suffering. But what ends up happening is that everybody chooses the suffering that they put into the center. Because you can't separate the cross that Christ has given to you. The only way out is through. We actually have to embrace it and hold on to it and bring it close to ourselves. If we can do that, much like the experience of St. Paul, the inadequacy, the thorn in our side, the suffering we can experience, it remains intact. The Lord will be sure of it for that. Why? So that we rely on him and not our own human power. Because why? He said it in this gospel. Because his kingdom is not here. It's elsewhere. So if we can let go of our own human will, if we can take the cross and draw it 
to ourselves and hold it closely, it may be painful. In fact, it will be painful, just like that thorn in Paul's flesh. But it will align us to him. And if we're aligned with him, if the cross is in our own arms, then we're already aligned to the kingdom of heaven. And so we only have the right place to go from there because carrying the cross is the ladder to heaven. And that's what we all hope for. It's the, the best thing, the only thing that we should pray for for every human being on this earth is that they would pick up their cross so that they could climb that ladder to heaven. God bless you all.